Hello and welcome back to the F24 podcast. My name is David and as often as possible, I sit down with a creative in my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with London culture and creativity. But like most of you, I'm in lockdown. I'm on my narrowboat on the canal. I'm just out west of the city limits and I've set up a little studio space under a tree next to my wood pile, producing small paintings and sculptures. The effect of this worldwide lockdown is having quite an effect on me. But as many listeners know, what I love about creativity and its therapeutic assets, well, I've been putting them to use. And I hope you have too, and are all well and bearing up with this madness. I'm sure we'll have it figured out soon. In the meantime, I've been on Skype, chatting to creatives and getting these interviews done. And this week, I have Diego Bergia. Diego's from Toronto, and his work caught my eye a couple of years ago when I saw a 90s-style video game online. And it showed Revoc Giant Says doing tags and extinguisher hits while shooting robots. It fucking blew my mind. I did a little stalking and I found out he wrote graffiti and thought, yep, that's my ish. As I ain't seen people face to face, I thought I'd hollow Diego, get some of his history and, well, I'm glad I did because it's a dope surprise halfway through when we get into a wheat pasting period he was in. Go and check him at D-I-E-G-O underscore B-E-R-G-I-A on Instagram while you listen. There's a fuckload of amazing content on there, no joke. It's amazing, all serious. And enjoy. This is some of Diego's Toronto culture and creativity story. This is F24. <laughs> so, man, yeah, look, thank you for jumping on, man. And did you get a chance to hear any? I listened to the last couple. Yeah, they're dope, man. Wicked, 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 man. Mm. Yeah, I, I love doing them, man. It's, um, and it's really, it's, I'm very interested in how, in how people got to where they are. I'm 40. And I, I, I look at other artists and other people, creators, who have obviously come from a culture and specifically our culture. Yeah. And um, I love to know that journey, man. Especially, and I love a bomber story, but I also I just love someone just finding their shit through going through that culture and how amazing it is to then just doing something completely different. Right. Not you wouldn't think would be within it you know, but because of it, you know, I love that stuff. And obviously through what I've seen of your work, I'm just like, wow, man, there's a sick story. And I've seen, I think I've seen a few old school photos of your work as well, your other work. Yeah. So um, I'm quite intrigued to, um, yeah, to have a chat with you about it, man. Yeah, man. Wicked, wicked. So yeah, let's get into it then. So you're from Canada then, yeah? Yep, Toronto. Toronto, man, yeah, I didn't know that. That's wicked, man. So did you grow up there in Toronto? Yeah, I grew up, um, just outside Toronto and Scarborough. It's, Scarborough is a part of Toronto now, but back then it was like a suburb. Um, really big, really multicultural. Um, people think it's, I don't know, it gets, it gets like a bad rep, but it's, you know, there's good areas and there's bad areas. Uh, yeah, that's good. Okay, yeah. Right. And did it feel very separate to Toronto when you were growing up? Not really. No, I mean, I mean, it was... It wasn't a city per se, but you know we could hop on transit and get downtown in under an hour. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. okay. It was, uh, yeah. it was just a mission. You were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just a mission. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And so, what what was it like growing up out there, then, man? What was it? What, what was? Yeah. Like, what was it like out there, Scarborough? Um. It was chill. You know. Um, yeah. No, it was just. I don't know what to what to compare it to really. It was like uh we lived in a townhouse, you know? Just had friends yeah. ran around. Um it was it wasn't yeah, it wasn't scary. You know, it wasn't a bad neighborhood really. 
Um, yeah, just like a nice up, up really, like nice neighbourhoods, people out there. Obviously, normal stuff going on like everywhere. Right. You did get to see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I see what you mean. Lots of minorities, then, though. Yeah. So yeah. from from the go, yeah. from the go, you were aware of many different types of people. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, wicked, wicked. And where are you from, actually? What's your heritage? Nationality? Well, I'm, I'm born here. My dad's from Argentina, uh, born and raised. Yeah. And my mom's Greek. Uh-huh. And they met. Wow, in man. Yeah. They met. In, don't they? Yeah, wicked, wicked. I'm half Irish, half Egyptian. Um, okay. Yeah, and I was born. My mom and dad met here. I don't know my dad, but that's another story. But yeah, my mom and dad met in London. And uh, yeah, yeah. It's quite nuts growing up in these places before we're in parents, isn't it? In these major cities. Because you automatically are in some way connected to somewhere else. Even though you were born in Toronto, I was born in London. Growing up with my mum being Irish, there was this connection to Ireland, even though I didn't go till I was like nine or something. Um, did you kind of feel, did you did you feel the heritage of your parents like growing up there? Yeah, I grew up with my uh, with my grandparents around a lot. So there was a lot, I, I don't really speak that well, the Spanish too well anymore because I kind of lost it, but... I mean, they were around, and I have family, other family from Argentina that were that I would see a lot. So, in that sense, definitely felt the heritage. There wasn't a lot of Spanish speaking actually in Scarborough. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of West Indian, um, a lot of East Indian, lost a lot of Chinese. Um, yeah. Uh, the I guess the Spanish uh, Hispanic community was more in the West End of Toronto, and I was, and Scarborough was the East End. I see. But, right. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I, like uh, I mean, is it, so is Canada quite sim? I mean, I suppose it's quite the same here. So in the UK, you don't really get unless it's by choice. Uh, groups of uh, like certain uh, group, certain ethnic groups living together, unless it's by choice, it's never really by force. I don't think I might be really fucking stupid here. But it seems to me that in America, and I'm wondering if it's the same in Canada, is there this type of separation that goes on of these areas being built? Is it a purpose thing or is it just how it is? Families just grow up in these areas. Um, I, wouldn't, I would say that uh, it's, it's it's segregated maybe in class in some areas, but not so much in race. And if it is uh, heavy in on one race, it's, because of choice, you know, because like um, there's an area, you know, just outside of Toronto called Markham and there's lots of Chinese people there. And that's where you go if you want like the best Chinese food, because it's a lot of new families coming to Toronto and Canada and moving yeah. to Markham, you know. Right. I see. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So that's similar, man. Nice. Nice. So it didn't feel basically there was no pressure. It was a nice community, mad, different, different nationalities just yeah. outside the main city. Yeah. Wicked. Wicked. And how was school growing up? What was that like? Were you good in it? Did it was it something you enjoyed? Um, yeah, I mean, like I guess high school. You know, growing up, uh, I was in French immersion for a bit, and then uh, school got fun when I went to high school because I went to an out of uh, air, an out of district high school that was like specializing in arts. Oh wow, wicked! And, and so that's where I really met all my good friends that I'm still down with today, and a lot of the guys I wrote graffiti with um, because we would do like starting in grade nine, we were doing art half the day you know how did, how did you get into that how was that a possibility from from the previous school your the primary school what did you call it so i forget what you called the first school um well 
just, uh, I guess I said public school, but like when I went to grade nine, the school is called Wexford. And you basically like my parents just heard about it. And my mom was a teacher, I guess. And, uh, you know, I just showed them some art and they said, cool. Come and study here. Yeah. Amazing, man. What a touch. spot then from a young age. Yeah. 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 And was that, is that your parents' artists or is it just something you seem no, to No, actually. No, no. They just like, I'm an only child. So they would just like yeah. throw a paper and a pen in front of my face, you know, when we were out for dinner or whatever. And I'd be <laughs> drawing, right? Yeah, man. We can just, just do this, Diego. Come on, just draw. Just, <laughs> we're talking here, man. Yeah. <laughs> wicked, wicked. So, yeah, so it became a talent then. You fell in love with it and obviously pursued it and it became a talent. For your mum to say, look, you, you know, why did you try this as a school? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the school is really, really dope. I can't understand it. Like, like, like they even let us paint um, like this one staircase. And like when I got into graffiti, which was in high school, um, in grade like nine or ten, uh, and I guess that's like ninety. I'm forty three, so that's like ninety, ninety, nineteen ninety. I guess. Um, yeah. They even like let us paint like the uh, the stairway indoors and stuff like. With graffiti. Uh, yep. Yep. What? Yeah. So how, how? What was the entrance into graffiti then? Was it that college? Was that was it that school as well? Um, uh, before that, you know, there was uh, in Scarborough there was the RT lines, which is kind of like an elevated train line right. that had graffiti uh, along like factories there, and then downtown there was there's a famous wall called the keel wall and that's along the subway line and along the highway, the DVP, which is a major highway in Toronto. If, when you take the train over it, there was a lot of graffiti that those are like three of the major spots. There's obviously other ones. And you know, you would, I would just, I was always into rap basically starting okay. from grade six or something, you know? And so the rap introduced me to the culture. And then since I was into drawing already, and then I was starting to see graffiti, um, yeah. in, in the early 90s, uh, you know, I just gravitated towards it. Amazing, man. Amazing. And then I, I, love met, and then I met the guys at Wexford at my high school that were doing it. And then, what? Yeah. yeah. So those bits, like getting into hip-hop and, um, you know, these these little seeds being dropped in through from just listening to music, like other things to look out for and see and understand and all that type of stuff. The music's so deep. There's so much in it to find out. And, you know, a mixtape cover and it's got a hand style on it. And you realize the hand style on that mixtape, I see hand styles like that written on the streets. Like, there's a connection here. Like, and oh, I love those bits, man. I love those early years yeah. of mixing the two. They're amazing. Though. Sick. So, when you, Wexford, you call it, yeah? Yeah, Wexford, yeah. When you got there, um, did you know anyone before you got there? No, no. I was, uh, I went on my own. And, um, yeah. I'm, you know, since it was an art school, you know, you make friends who everyone does art. So that's good. Well, not everyone half the school, but then, yeah. you know, then you see people that are kind of like, you know, they're like, you know, you see them put like a tribe call question to their Walkman or something, you know, or you, then you start finding people that are into rap and then you're already, then you're friends with people that are into rap and art. So, you know, yeah. make friends pretty quick. That is dope, man. And, and what age? 13. Um, high school. Yeah. About 13, 14, I guess. So. Yeah, and then half the day, half the week doing art. Yeah. Yeah. Even um, sculpture, like, yeah, everything. All types. Yeah. Um, yeah, just exploring that whole world, basically. Right. It's kind of like a... Per- yeah. 
Yeah, that is brilliant. So did you do well there? I mean, yeah, I graduated. Um, I, uh, I tried, I mean, I was okay at, I wasn't terrible at like, you know, like Scott, like math and I wasn't that good at math and science. I was okay enough to get like seventies maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and graduate and then just, and then go, and then I went to, got into college for animation. Um, right. right. After that. So, right. so how was graffiti in, in those, in, 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 for that overlap? Like what happened? Like, so you got into graffiti yeah. at that age, if you were seeing up on the streets and then you were like, right, I can be into this. Yeah. Well, and I mean, managed- uh, I met a guy named Duro. I was I had friends that were into it, but then this guy Duro, my homie uh, Duro Three, who uh-huh. was painting a lot in Scarborough, one of the first um, to paint was in Scarborough. He in, was Sorry? he been in magazines? Would he have been in magazines? In, oh yeah, nineties. Um, yep, and he had his yep. own magazine called Third Degree as well. That's how I know it. So that's your guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that magazine, man. I loved that magazine. I only got a couple of them. And I, one of them was a present to me, actually, by my friend's older brother. But oh, um, that was a sick magazine. It yeah, the, I'm in some of those. Paper and burning pieces. And yeah. I, was, must have been, I must have been 17 or 18. So obviously it was just, it was amazing to me. But then, sorry to stop you, but Wicked, Juro Free, dope. Yeah, he, um, he was really, so he was inspirational in a sense to, to just go out and get up. Um, yeah. And also to do really big productions, you know, he was about getting up and going big, um, and so that was, yeah, that was good to get down with him. And then I and then I joined a crew with him and some other guys. And then, you know, and from then through graffiti, I would I discovered downtown really, and then a lot of the writers downtown, like the crew uh, that was doing it, was uh, TCM downtown at the time in the early nineties, like. Ren and Rekka and Kane and uh, a lot and, and yeah, there's a lot of guys downtown doing it and just kind of separate at the time. But graffiti brought me downtown and start and I started meeting people downtown. Uh, and it was fun to go downtown and explore, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. And so it's like an hour and a bit away from your home. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're properly you're really out of the area. You're really out of the manor. And yeah, you with you with different people as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. those early years great for that man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, even though you got into the graph and got, you know, loved it and was going downtown, you managed to hold down school and go on to get into this animation career, right? Mm-hmm. Wicked, man. Wicked. So what, I mean, what was being in that college, being in that school at Wexford, was it that that taught you about animation? Did they like lead you to that line or was it something you'd been yeah. interested in? Yeah. Well, you would hear about it. Sheridan college was in Oakville, which is like an hour and a half out of Toronto or something like that. And it's a sleepy town. Um, but the school was like really world renowned at the time. Maybe it still is, I guess, but like, and it was known for, you know, it's like how hard it was to get in, how hard it was to graduate. Um, and it was really like a boot camp for drawing cause it was no computers. And my life really just kind of was at a halt. Like I went there, I lived at that town and during school, I didn't do much of anything except for learn how to draw and animate traditionally. You know what I mean? So you slowed down on the graph then? Yeah, except for the summers, you know? Except for the summers, yeah. During those school terms, that's what you had to do. You had to just be up there and get that work done and yeah, get through. Being, being out of the city too, being out of Toronto helped just like, yeah. you know, put it aside like I didn't have my friends hitting me up to do shit or anything I had some friends 
Ed Sheridan with me, but we were all in the trenches. Must be properly inspiring, man, like to be in in somewhere like that. For how long were you there? Like three, four years? Three. Three, yeah. Must have been crazy, man. It's like it's like going to an art college here, but you don't get to do that till you're 16, 17. You don't get to choose to go and do something like that. Yeah. Um, over here, it's all, it's, you know, it's everything you have to learn all the way up to that age. Up to 16, it's every subject, no specialising. I mean, a little bit in the final two years when you go to get your first set of grades. But yeah, I'd, I would have loved that opportunity, man. That sounds, that sounds dope. That should be a worldwide thing. Mm-hmm. Do they with any other types of like, um, not, you know, do, do they do it with electrician, you know, electrician, plumbers, like, uh, do they do it those types of schools as well, like trade schools? Uh, I don't know, man. Or is it just the art one that you know of? Yeah, yeah. Well, Crazy. yeah, I think there must be ones that specialize in that kind of stuff too. Yeah, that needs to spread in education, man. That gives people such a chance, like, to not put so much stress on, uh, you know, all these other subjects. Yeah. But my son's 19, right? He, fin- he, he finished school at 16. He didn't go, he went to college for one week and then left, but, it wasn't for him, but it was mainly because of the way the school system is. I didn't go to college either. And uh, the school system here can be so, like, it, it can beat you up for not getting these grades in science, maths, English, and all that type of stuff. But you could be a hell of a creative, and they just don't give a fuck. And you get to these points where you get through to these grades, and you really have to study these other subjects to get through to then produce and be an artist. And it's time for some people, like my son, it knocked his confidence to hell like for a couple of years it kind of messed him up you know he felt like he couldn't achieve because he failed at school so what you, went through, what you went through he's fine now he's a wicked guy he's brilliant lovely kid but um and it, it wasn't too bad for him I'm just you know for him himself it was bad on looking he was alright but you know for him himself being a young kid it was hard to go through but um yeah I love the sound of what that type of school and college you went to man that's dope so what got you, sorry to run off on that mad tangent, <laughs> what got you into animation? Was it something you loved from a kid as well then? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I liked cartoons. It just seemed like, I mean, it matter of graphic design, you know, and um, the animation thing just seemed a little more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I loved graphic design too. Um, at the time, I just, that's the direction I decided to go. Wicked, man, wicked. And so what were your first bits that you started to get into? Like to uh, do yourself? Uh, my own animation? Yeah, yeah. What were those first pieces like that you were doing? Uh, well, what did I do for myself? I mean, at school, it was, there was just a lot of... I did, like, some short films. You yeah. Know? It was all about, like, really developing character designs for the most part. Um, I wasn't, like, immediately doing my own, like, shorts so much. You know what I mean? Just, like, learning how to draw, drawing characters... Um, it wasn't until later until I started animating things for myself, you know? That is, let me say, that there's, a, there's a real, like, whole set of training. It's not just a press button and go. It's a, yeah. you're going to learn through all these stages and all these levels beforehand. Yeah. It's a good age as well. I mean, like, I'm 40, you're 43. Like, experiencing life pre-computer was fucking gorgeous, man. And I'm, you know, we just caught the end of it, but thank God we did. Like, yeah. the appreciation of a pencil and a ruler. I love my iPad, but fuck me. Yeah, like, I can't <laughs> deny I'm a pencil and a ruler. Um, you know, and those, yeah, the effort you have to put in 
to to produce that type of work is yeah, especially animations are meant at that stage. Right. So did you choose to was it then you chose to do it as a career? Did you choose that whilst you were at college? Like I'm gonna do this as a living? Yeah. I, you know when I when I went there I heard that there was work afterwards, so to, uh, yeah, I did some traveling actually before I went to college, but then I was like, I went full into college and then I started making money right after that. And then I was like, save money to travel. And then, you know, I was, I do, I did a lot of, I've done a lot of traveling and it's all about saving money so you could go away, you know? Yeah. So ethos, man. Amazing ethos. Where have you been? Um, been to throughout Europe, pretty much almost everywhere. I haven't been to Spain. Okay. Um, I haven't been to, I've been, I haven't been very, I haven't been to Poland. Um, but right. in Asia, you know, I've been to Nepal and Japan and Argentina, obviously. And where else? Did, did you take any graffiti with you on those trips or was it just like, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Back, back in the day, um, the first time I painted overseas was when I went to Paris uh, in like 98 or so. Um, you know, so it's like basically pre-internet. Um, yeah. I just, it, it was cool. I was with a buddy who didn't paint and we were at the Eiffel Tower. And then, you know, you looked across the river and there was just enough people on those stairs there, just kids hanging yeah. everywhere. And, you know, you know there was like a break dance circle. So I had broken. Wait. And I was just like, yo, are there any writers in around? Like, I want to paint. I'm from Canada. Is there anyone around? And so they were like, here, come with me. Talk to this person. And the person was like, oh, okay, come with me. Talk to this person. And eventually they like gave me this phone number. So he's like, call this guy, he'll paint with you, you know? And yeah. I was like, right. And so I called this guy and he's like, meet me at this station um, at this time. And then, you know, we'll go buy paint and we'll rock. I was like, all right, you know? Yeah. But they early well, graph shop as well, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, Ben, do you remember who the writer was? Uh, yeah. His name yeah. was, what did he write? One guy wrote, I haven't been in touch with them though, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Still an amazing experience, man. Dope experience. Yeah. I love Paris to bits. Definitely one of my favorite cities. Like for graffiti, especially, man. I love Parisian style. Mm -hmm. And um, I, the city itself is the city is obviously beautiful. It's a beautiful city, but there's nothing seeing it when it's rocked as well. Certain parts of it get rocked, the fuck, and it looks sick. Like, yeah, were, I love I love their style. Like certain subway stations and. There's one, there's a, I can't remember the station where the graph shop is or one of the graph shops. And you get off at the station and the whole stairwell, as you're going up, all the flats of the, the fronts of the stairs are just bombed by different writers over and over again. There seems to be a lot of respect as well. There's not too much, you know what I mean? There's a lot of names and names and names, not just over each other. Right. Like that. I love Paris Graph, man. That's wicked to have painted there back then. Yeah. That was dope. Later yeah, on, I, uh... Yeah, I was gonna say, later on I had a chance to paint in Stockholm. Oh, dope, man. I've never been there. Dope, dope. Sick city, sick I graph scene. I, I like, yeah. it's one of my favorite cities in the world, no doubt. Like, Stockholm is, is like a second home, it feels like. I've been twice. Oh, wicked, wicked. And you love it, yeah. There, there are places like that, man, when you find them. I haven't been there, man. I've, 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 I want to see that place on Sunday. Did you, and do you remember who you painted of there? Yeah, I'm still homies with him. He writes Euro. He still he writes. He still gets up a lot. Actually, wicked, um, wicked, man. I love those trips, man. 
nothing like it, man. This, the, when you, you know, when you traveling with this culture is is amazing because you lit, it can literally be like that. Just walk into a crowd and ask someone who's a writer. Now, if you mm-hmm. know the crowds like you did know, you know, how did you meet the guy in Stockholm? Oh, uh, that was in like the when I met him, it was around two thousand, and that was still early internet, right? So I was at I was at a cafe, just a you know, drinking a coffee and there was some Swedish girls beside me. I was just trying to talk to Swedish girls. And so that was my line. Like, yo, do you know any writers? <laughs> just trying to talk to the girls, but hopefully to try and get hooked up yeah. with guys to paint with. Yeah. And then same thing, you know, they just like called some people and were like, all right, yo, hit up this guy. And then uh and I did. And I'm still friends with him to this day. He came to my wedding like six months ago. Oh, wicked, man. Oh, dope. And congratulations. Brilliant. Nice. Oh, that's wicked. That's, uh, wicked friendships in this culture, man. Dope. So you get back and you start working. And did you work within the animation world then straight away? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Where did you go first? Uh, it's a company called Nelvana. They're actually a very big company. Um, their logo is a polar bear. You know, at the end of old cartoons, the first thing I worked on was like Tales from the Crypt Keeper doing like story yeah. revisions. Um, what else did I work on there? Like, I don't know, like just they do a lot of children's stuff, too. Um, That's mind-blowing, man. That's amazing to have jumped into that. Yeah. You must have been stoked. And where was that? In Toronto? Yep. Yeah. Wicked. Wicked. And then, you know, what led you back to, you know, reflecting at graffiti to, you know, start producing these old school graphics? Like how start producing you, what, sorry? Start start looking back at graffiti. Was there anything before this look back at graffiti with these old school graphics that you've done of Reebok and, you know, Giant and so on and so forth, all those guys? What was the lead up to that to produce those works? Like, um, oh. I guess after, after college, I learned, after I went to Sheridan, I learned how to do 3D stuff. I went, I took like a four month course to learn how to do Maya, like 3D animation. Right. Um, and that's when I actually, there was a period where I was heavy into the street art scene, which is, I guess I'll call it a street art cause it's not graffiti. It's like posting. Yeah. 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 Um, and I really, I was, I guess I was painting less, but I had this character that I had built, uh, in 3d in a 3d program program called Maya and, uh, I wanted to put him up. So I basically began printing him about like two and a half, three feet, like in yeah. big posters, And I just started putting him up around Toronto and then I would visit, you know, other cities. I went to New York with them. I brought them to like LA and Stockholm and Prague. And, you know, I used to, I got up with him quite a bit. And so I don't know if you remember Worcester Collective, that website. Love the Worcester Collective, man. I love that website. Yeah. So I was, they put me up, those guys, uh, Mark and Sarah, I'm still friends with them. Like they really put me on. And so I was, you know, I was. What did this thing look like? Just trying to picture it. Uh, his his name's uh, Lepos, L-E-P-O-S, and he just kind of looks like a... Oh, that was your character? Like a bean shape, yeah. yeah. I remember that really well. I remember the Lepos stuff, man. Yeah. Amazing. I didn't know that was you. Yeah. Sick. So, so that was a whole bunch. So before I kind of... And that kind of... And that, doing that is what led to the video game stuff, kind of, because that... I had this character and people were like, yo, why don't you make a short film with it? And I'm like, I don't really have an, I'm not really inspired with a story or an idea to do a short film, but I love 
arcades, right? I love old 90s arcades like Neo Geo and all that shit. So the I just people started... who said that to you, though, were they like in that in the animation world? Would they say to you, you need to make a short film out of this character? Um, I guess so. Or maybe just friends or just... Yeah, so friends that knew there was a crossover, knew that you had this skill where you could do this with this character. You could Actually, am I looking at the, the character now? I am, aren't I? Oh, yeah, on this Skype thing, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, yeah, I know that. I know, but I didn't let it properly soak in. I was just very accepting of the image. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sick, like, yeah. you, got, you got up with that fucker, man. Yeah. You got up. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Dope. Uh, sorry, and so that led into you then, so that they were saying you should make it into a short story. You were like, I'm into 8-bit video games. I really love arcade games, yeah. So I was like, I, I want to see it. As, as an arcade game. Sick. So I basically got, there's a, there's a, there's actually a comic book pre, uh, company, a publishing company owned by Annie Koyama in Toronto called Koyama Press, who did a, who just finished its um, 10 year run as a publisher, but she published my first book and Amazing. also kind of got me started um, to do the very first demo. Like, uh, animated demo of like an arcade like labels in an arcade game and then i had a an art show um book launch at a at a <clears throat> magic pony um i think if i put two and two together a bit more i should have I, I, I knew all that as well i knew about the levels i'm remembering all of that now yeah um, what a oh, fucking idiot how <laughs> did i not put two and two together anyway god <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't post a lot about it on Instagram. Um, it's kind of like, it's, it's weird. I, I got, I, I kind of got tired of it. The, the weed pasting, like, I don't know, like something about it or maybe something similar happened in the city and it kind of turned me off of my own stuff. Right. And, it, and, it, uh, and there's also like, part of me is like, when I went from graffiti to doing the postering, it's kind of like the two worlds, you know, uh, I you know, some some may look at one one way and one the other way, and I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a weird. Yeah. Very, it's very small in um, street in wheat pasting. Um, I did a bit of that with like this London alphabet I put together of basically London writers' letters, and I made this alphabet, and then I paint I screen printed that to posters, and then I pasted that on the streets, and then I I can't remember. I know I've done something else street arty, but it it just feels. Obviously, for some people, it works. People like Iron, people like Shepard, obviously a bit. Obviously, he didn't have much of a graphic career beforehand. Giant. For some people, it works. But, yeah, I know what you mean. There's a, there is a real difference, isn't there? Yeah. Um, they're, they're both their own thing, but they're definitely different. Yeah, yeah. There's a... It's a weird vibe. But, yeah, mad mad that you went through that. So, sorry, towards the end of you doing that work, what were you saying? Sorry. Um, what was I saying? Oh. You were just, you know, you're getting bored of producing the wheat paste. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I guess that's when I began, uh, going hard on the arcade demos. I put out that, um, book in 2009, I think. And uh -huh. so I was, that was near the end of my wheat pasting, uh, like activity. And then I just like, after I just started doing more and more, uh, these, of these animated, things that look like an arcade game you know um it what it's not playable but i tried to make them 
look exactly like it was a game from the 90s, right? Yeah. And eventually, uh, the main thing that happened that got me into uh, involving graffiti heavily in that actual arcade game uh, project was I was um, living in like a loft space and we all got evicted. But when we got evicted, we uh, we got like a few, like three, four grand or something because of it. Oh, wow. I decided to just like leave and I went to San Francisco for a summer and or not a summer, just like a month and a bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'd never been. So I just like put myself there and decided I was going to work on my stuff. And um, when I was doing a San Francisco level, like since I was there, I was doing a demo for San Francisco. And then Re- Revoke's uh, blog at the time was really big. And he, I guess, discovered my stuff and put me up on his blog and then we were in touch and he's like yo i love it like anything i can do to help like just let me know i was like well yo do you want to be a character in it he was like yo let's do it so that's when i was like because he's you know he's a king right he he is one of my favorite writers he is my favorite writer of all time right so once i got him in there i was like yo do you think um, do you, are you friends with uh, Cess? Do you think he'd be down? Because he's another one of my favorite writers of all time. And he's like, he just like introduced me right away, right? And Cess was down right away. So I got Cess in there. And then after that, um, one of the, the, the main graffiti crew that I, that I wrote with in Toronto was a Canadian crew called Quota. Uh-huh. Uh, we were an all-Canada crew. We were pretty deep. It was, it's, it was a, it's a pretty big crew in the history of Canadian graffiti. But um, one of my boys who writes site uh, also writes BA. And so he is friends with Mike Giant. And so I was just like, yo, do you have his contact? And then that's how I got in touch with, uh, with Giant. Wow. That is sick. Demos, yeah, basically. And then started to put those images together, yeah. And what have you, so what have you done with those pieces over the years? Because so you've made like these short, of what look like computer games and mm-hmm. then have you released prints of these or anything like that it, or is this um, all like online i had prints at my initial show which was 2009 um i, I haven't re- released prints since then um i released a zine a uh was well, kind of like a book that came in a video game box um Sweet. that was like two almost two years ago now which yeah, it's like it looks like you're holding a video game box. Inside is screen caps of all of the demos that I did up to date, but mixed with black and white bombing photos that I got from Revoke and Giant and Cess. So it's Aww, kind of. Like, it, I'll hook you up. Oh, please. Uh, that sounds right up my street, man. Thank you, B. Oh. Okay. And then, like, so you just keep adding and making the story bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just spare time. That's the thing, right? I go through waves of, I go, he- I'm heavy into it and then work gets in the way. Like I've never made money off it. I've done no, a that's commission thing. Like, yeah. It sounds like it's like a, this, this is my love right here. I love this shit. I'm going to give it to you all. Like, yeah. that, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, man. And so what do you do as a job then? What, what do you work? Work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still doing animation stuff. Um, I, uh, funny enough, like I, the job I just finished. What? When is this going to drop? Tuesday or after Tuesday? Yeah, after Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. So 
a big job finished that I can say because it'll be out because they're announcing the new like Tony Hawk video game. Yeah. And what it is is that it's Tony Hawk one and two uh-huh. uh, redone for like, so it's going to be the exact same game, but redone, you know, Sick. and Sick. a buddy of mine is uh, the art director. And so the Venice level, he's like, yo, I need a bunch of graffiti uh, for the Venice level. So I just like covered the Venice level in like graffiti. <laughs> Oh shit! There's someone on the inside, man. There's someone yeah, on the inside. And and that's not the first time I've had my graffiti in video games too, because he hooked me up. I got my, I put, I gave him photos of my wall, my painted wall graffiti, and it's in Tony Hawk Eight. Um, and then I had a friend that did a game called EA Skate Two, and that had the week the poster, the lay post posters in it. Oh, amazing! And I love when this shit starts popping up, man. Like that's another thing of our age and how and how old the culture is is the positions positions we find ourselves in. But then the positions like the people who are just a bit older than us, or you know, around our age that grew up with it and are now in a position to make these make these things happen because they grew up with graffiti. They you know they grew up with street art, you know, and they want that involved. I remember seeing I can't remember some Netflix cartoon. And this van pulled up and it had fucking like some old school, old school New York tags on it. Like genuine old school New York tags. I sent them to Keo. I was like, the fuck? Is, this is amazing. Like someone on the inside. I love that. Yeah. That sounds sick. So that launches next week then, yeah? No, they announce it next week. They announce it next week. Wicked. Okay. That, so that's been, that's been the latest project you've been working on, yeah? Okay. Yeah. I'm excited because so, I don't know about you. I was obsessed with that first, those first couple Tony Hawk games, man. We sat and played those for fucking hours. I've never been to computer games. My son's into them deep. I'm not. I've never been into them. Um, yeah, I just didn't. It wasn't my thing, but my son loves it. And he I, he's played Tony Hawk. I know he has. He's a skater, semi-skater. I'll say skater. He's a lazy shit when it comes to that. But yeah, he, he loves that whole world, should I say. He yeah. loves the whole world. So what what's life like now then? I mean, are you still working then because you're in animation? You can still work from home and all that type of stuff. Is it? Has there been a massive effect on you and your life with this uh, lockdown? How's Canada doing? It slowed, you know, it seems like it slowed down for a minute, but then it just got really busy again for me. And now I just finished that job and another one. So it's like, from from what I understand, the animation industry seems to be like one of the best industries to be in because Definitely. everyone's working from home now. Same with yeah. the video game industry. People can work from home. Um, yeah. There's people can, and things are released online or, you know, like there's nothing really, yeah. Stopping production. Yeah, exactly. Those, in that those those worlds is like that's brilliant, man. That's good to hear that you're cracking on. That's dope. And there's got. I think this is the thing. I, I, for others, there's just going to be. You know, we're going to see what happens at the end of it. I work for Universal Movies quite a lot, and I get to produce art projects for them, but in a really weird vein. I'm very lucky. My position. It's got nothing to do with sales or anything, but. Um, I wonder how my position is going to hold there and what, you know, what a company like that's going to do, you know, how is film production going to work now? You know? Right. But animation, you know, video games, that world's going to boom, no matter what happens. Next. There's yeah. going to, yeah, that, that shit's going to work, man. That's, that's wicked. Go mm-hmm. to here. And what, how's Canada coping with all of this? Is there a major lockdown there or? 
is it starting to calm down or it's been i don't know i feel like people i mean there's there's the assholes that you know might go protest at queen's park which is you know a, you know but like for the most part i feel like everyone's you know respecting you know the government's decisions to stay inside um yeah. if you, you know like we can still go shopping uh masks yeah. aren't like uh mandatory but you know most people wear them common sense type of thing if you it, can yeah. it's yeah it's like it's weird you know like we're neighbors to the states um and it seems like they're they're definitely doing worse down there i don't know man it's a weird situation down there i love america so much you know i love new york i love la i love texas i love the desert like but yeah it's and i'd love to live there too it's it's just right now it's people just need to get their shit together it sounds like I mean, you know, look, that country and our country as well, man, our leadership is fucked. And um, it's, it, it looks in the wrong direction, man, not for its people. It looks at money. And uh, like our government's trying to send us back to work and, you know, open things up slowly but surely. You know, not putting his foot on the, on the pedal, but it's just like, bro, it ain't safe out there, man. You can't guarantee the safeness and you're not really aiding the safeness. So job the fuck on but then there were an awful lot of people out there like yesterday was ve day there were street parties up and down the country man but then we get reports then this morning that the nhs like the a&e's the accident and emergency wards worked up a fucking fall to the brim last night full of fucking drunken idiots it's like we don't need that bullshit at this time you fucking moron sorry to get angry but no, I, <laughs> I, want to get that. I want to go back to my studio man i want to work again i want to see what my clients are saying I yeah. had some really interesting projects lined up for the year and they've all gone, but you know, so is the world. Everyone's at it. But damn, what a weird fucking time, man. And it's, it's like, like it's, it's really, we don't know. I, I think whatever Sweden's doing is, is really interesting. Like, I hope they're okay. You know, everyone, yeah. you know, they're, they're being, fu- you know, like we'll see stuff. Like I have so much respect for Sweden and the people there and the government, you know, like, yeah, they're not a stupid. It doesn't seem like it's a stupid, egotistical choice that they've made. Do you know right. what I mean? Or like just off the bat, like fuck it, we're not gonna, but we're gonna do this. It, they're a clever, pe- that's, you know, a, a clever yeah. government. You know, they're they're straight up people. Right. Um, it, but it's, look, who fucking knows? Basically, that- no, it's all so fresh. It's all so fresh. Who fucking knew this was twenty twenty? Yeah. Well, man, look, I, you know, horrible stuff going on, obviously, around the world. Absolutely disgusting. But we can't deny that there's a lot of great shit happening as well, man. An awful lot of great shit. And definitely from the people, you know, and from our own creative world as well. There's a lot of stuff being made, a lot of stuff being, you know, produced. And, um, you know, people are raising mad money. You know, the people, not the rich people, just the normal people are raising right. mad money, delivering food. That shit's lovely to see, man, because we weren't doing that last year as a world we weren't doing that we were out buying night trainers and you know trying to buy the next wee bag and whatever <laughs> else you know so this year's obviously no matter how much horror comes of it which is obviously disgusting and scary we're doing a lot for each other man and um i know create creatively yeah i mean look creative in my world it just saves people's lives so as long as people are creative or as many people as creative as possible we're gonna we'll get through it man that was that was dope chatting to you diego man you really fucking shocked me I didn't expect any of that. I thought, because all I'd seen was like a few graph pieces. I can't remember even how I saw it. It must have been on your Instagram. Like, I remember seeing some, I think it was a massive blockbuster. Right. Like, oh, sick. Definitely was a writer. Okay, sick. And yeah. then, like, 
to hear these little connections. And I thought I was expecting the college and yeah, oh, brilliant. I didn't expect the school. That was a nice touch. And then to hear you with that loop, I think, while I'm sitting here looking at this icon thinking, I'm sure I know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So look, man, the, the, main, the main part of the story is basically just said is, you know, creativity is just, it, it saves lives in a way, man. It, it gives us such great direction, man. And, and I love your journey. And I love that it was picked up on and you're allowed to nurture it. And I, and I hope that's inspiring for people to, you know, especially for parents, man, for us to look on this shit and say, no, look, look what our kid's up to. Give him a minute, man. Don't fucking make him do that science shit. Yeah. Might need, might need to push him this direction. Exactly. Yeah. Wicked, man. Well, it was lovely to chat to you, Diego. Yeah, great talking to you, man. Wicked, bro. Wicked. Well, enjoy your day. You too, and, man. Uh, I'll catch you in a bit. Yep. Another dope resonating chat. I'm so grateful for being part of this creative world, man. And when you hear that there's some guys on the inside putting the culture front and centre in their creative avenues, it makes me even happier. Diego doing animation has had names from my world appear in many virtual spaces. And there are many more like him. I love that. It's our culture getting older and deeper into the cracks of society because of the consistency and effort we put into it. And Diego, well, he's a great example of that. I love that he had the opportunity to advance his creative side at a young age and get a heavily biased education. It really helped nurture all that was in him and get him on that great journey. And hearing about Lipos as well, that was dope. I love the Worcester Collective blog. I remember seeing that paste up on how many cities he hit worldwide. That was a lovely surprise in the interview, real genuine. Go check his work out in the new Tony Hawks when it drops and look out for the trailer that's out there now. And you know, keep an eye out for all his other work, man. It's fucking dope. That's another art gang member right there. We're winning. Keep safe, everyone. Last week we lost T.Y., a great UK musician. We properly loved his music. You can go and check out the interview I did with him last year on SoundCloud or iTunes, or even go to that website, f24podcast.com, and there's loads of photos that go along with this. So um, you can see who I'm talking to. And I've also dropped a zine. It's called Quarantine Zine 2020 on Instagram. Um, it's on the end of the rarekindagency.com website. There's a shop there. And I'm basically releasing zines for the next, well, for the foreseeable future. Just showcasing artwork by different artists and the stuff they're producing in this mental lockdown period. And a few reminisced old photos as well. So go and check that out. And uh, love your city and love your culture. This is F24.